calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And this is a mini episode. Welcome. This is where we tell you stuff that we find is interesting that's in the news. Yes, in hopefully 30 minutes or less. 30 we, minutes or less. We've been pretty good about it lately. We've been killer at kind it. Kind of on top of it. Yeah. Um, well, this time I've got three, and all three have to deal with sentencing. All three of mine. I, two of mine have to do yeah. with sentencing. We probably <laughs> have, have the same two stuff. of the same, but I do have a very positive one. Oh, good. Leave for all the right, end. you'll go very last. Yeah, time. it was something that a listener had sent us. Oh, fantastic. Oh, good. Wonderful. So, so, are we going to just start right off with Michael Cohen? Oh, well, keeping with our theme of starting with the worst thing, oh, I was yeah. going to start with Centoya Brown. Okay, then let me scroll. Okay. So, if you are unaware of who Centoya Brown is, she was 16 years old whenever she was arrested for and jailed for killing a... 43-year-old man. I thought he was... Oh, 43. Okay, I thought he was 46. I he think was, you're right. It said 43. His name was Johnny Allen. He picked her up at a Sonic for sex, for prostitution. 16. And Keep in mind, she's 16. she was 16 years old, so... She was also a victim of sex trafficking. Yes. So, she... I, I want to mention... So, yes. So, she was sentenced to life in prison. She was... Prison. She was tried as an adult, and now there's going to be more hearings and stuff for that, and there have been, but what... I found it interesting. I was just kind of going more into her history today. And I guess her mother drank really heavily through her pregnancy and she was born with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, which can result in poor impulse control and disconnect between thought and action. At eight months old, she was in the foster system and became a runaway by her early teens where she experienced numerous rapes and assaults. By 2004, which was the year that she was arrested, she began living with a 24-year-old man named Cutthroat in a series of hotels where he then began to, like, pimp her out. Right. I mean, essentially, she was sex trafficked. She was yeah. forced to work as a sex worker against her will. Exactly. And he, she said that Cutthroat explained to me that some people were born whores and that I was one. I was a slut and nobody'd want me but him. And the best thing I could do was just learn to be a good whore. Yeah, um, it's it's really, really terrifying and sad. And um, I know that the prosecution, which just like 
Shame on the prosecution. You've got a 16-year-old girl suffering major trauma who killed the person that was essentially assaulting her. Yeah. Um, And she said that she thought that he was going for a gun, and that's when she reached for the gun that she kept in her purse. The prosecution tried to say that she went over with the intent of robbing him, and therefore... Like she's some Eileen Warnos or something. Right, and they they charged her with first-degree murder because... They said that she went over with every intention on killing him, and and they which did is such a weird. Was she sentenced with first degree murder? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought because it was a life sentence. And the th- the thing that's going on right now is because in 2012, according to the Eighth Amendment for like cruel and unusual punishment, a child should not be or a minor should not be convicted with a life sentence. She was tried as an adult. They can be convicted of a life sentence, just not um, just not with no possibility of parole. Okay. So she has been convicted of a life sentence, and then just recently the new news is that she must serve 51 years. Right, but they're, what they're trying to do, what I also read, is that she may potentially have parole after 25 years. Because right now... If she serves all 51 years, she wouldn't get out until 2057. Well, and she is 30 now. Yeah. So she's already That's been crazy. in she's already been in prison for 14 years. Yeah. Waiting awaiting her sentencing, yeah. which is also insane. Yeah. Um and in that time she graduated high school, she has she an associate's went to college. degree. Yeah. yeah. Like it's great. Like she's doing they're saying that she is very reformed. She probably this is her even though it's prison is probably her first sense of like safety and normalcy. I mean, I shouldn't say normalcy because that's not normal, but like routine and not pure terror all the time. Hopefully not. Yeah, and I know that recently the governor of Tennessee was interrupted at one of his rallies, or it wasn't a rally. Oh, gosh. Not everyone (laughs) is is Trump. Um, He was interrupted uh, at an event by a Black Lives Matter spokesperson member, Black Lives Matter member, who was like, this is my question to you, and, like, listed out a bunch of of facts about Centoya Brown and said, when will you be granting her clemency? Mm -hmm. Because that is really what needs to happen right now. It is a massive miscarriage of justice that this poor girl was just handed such a shitty hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this person who was... Bare minimum. Listen, if you want to work as a sex worker and that's your choice, of course. Then I am. I'm a full advocate of of that. Yes. But if you are 16 and you are trafficked into right, you're working against lifestyle. your will and you're scared. Right. Like this girl was scared. And this 43 year old man was taking advantage of this poor 16 year old girl. Yes. And I'm not saying that he needed to pay for that with his life. Not at all. I mean, killing is wrong. Of of course, but if you're afraid, in her mind, she was defending herself. And bare minimum, bare minimum, even if you want to say, like, she acted brashly or impulsively or whatever, she was a child of massive trauma. Yeah. Massive trauma. And a lot of distrust, a lot of fear. And if she felt that she was unsafe, I can see you know, somebody making that reaction. And the thing, and the reason that I mentioned her fetal alcohol syndrome is because they do say that there are certain things, like, they, her mom said that she would drink at least a fifth a day. So it's like, there are things that happen when you're born, when your mother has been drinking alcohol or using drugs, you know, like, there are things that... Long-term effects of that. yeah, Yeah, beyond her control. 
So her lawyer is the bomb. His name is Charles Bone, I believe. Yeah, Charles Bone brought a a petition to clemency to the Tennessee editorial board a few months ago. And he had seen the documentary that was done on her and decided to take on her case for free, like which pro I think bono. is really yeah. amazing. So shout out to lawyer Mr. Charles Bone. Yeah. For being a badass. Yeah. Um, I mean, apparently in Tennessee, I think that we just need prison reform and uh, justice system reform across the board in this country. Yeah. Apparently in Tennessee... There's like at least 183 people serving life without parole for crimes committed as a child, mm. which is bananas, yeah. insane. Yeah, like your mind is still developing, and no yeah. matter how much we can say, like people, you know, minors who have done really awful, horrible things and be right. like, oh, just throw them away. But regardless of that, I mean, yeah. you cannot say that, even if it's something really, really egregious and awful, because literally their minds are not formed yet. Yeah, they you have to give them a chance to grow. I mean, I think it's good with certain cases to keep an eye. I mean, of course. And to make sure they're getting the help that they need. Like, think about, like, Mary Bell and things like that, where it's like, yes, this child is deeply disturbed and needs help and should right, be but, monitored. but Mary Bell is actually a really good example of somebody who was who, completely reformed. Exactly. You know, and never exactly. hurt anyone else ever again. Yep. Um, so it's kind of an interesting you know thing and it's it's really really sad it's a really yeah. saddening thing i really really hope that um he's serious because whenever the, the statement by the governor of tennessee whenever he was saying that he would consider clemency yeah it felt very Hollow. much to me well it's yeah it kind of felt like he felt like he was backed into a corner yeah he was having to talk in front of all these people and cameras yeah. and you know well hopefully now that it's been brought up though like maybe People he might feel pressure. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He might feel the pressure, but right. it's it's really sad, and we're rooting for you, Santoya. Yeah, I mean, I love that she's had a lot of celebrity support because it really does help. It really does I help, mean, and Rihanna, it's sad that it Kim takes Kardashian. That. I mean, yeah. they really have had a lot of. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of people lately, a lot of celebrities and people in support of her. Which, well, it's, yeah, it's, it is weird, but like it, it's, it's necessary. It's sad that it takes that, but if that's what it takes, that's fine with me. Exactly. But it's. I, I think the reason why it pulls on people is because it's. So it's such an egregious miscarriage of justice. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, that people just cannot let it go by unchecked. Thank God. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Should we get to Michael Cohen? Yes, let's talk okay. about Michael Cohen. This motherfucker. So he <laughs> was sentenced to three years today mm-hmm. after pleading guilty to tax fraud, campaign finance crimes, and lying to Congress. Um, some of these crimes were done on Donald Trump's behalf and others were directed by Trump himself. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I want to start out with that pisses me off and then we'll continue. But what bothers me is when somebody is, is sentenced to a crime or is, or has said, yes, I've done these things, but then like backpedals and are like, but this person made me do it. This person forced me into doing this. And I feel like he's very much being like, Donald Trump was the mastermind, which he very well could have been, but it's like, Accept your part in the whole thing and say, like, at the end of the day, you're the person that chose to do those right. things. Right. I mean, and, you know, not to... Uh, Michael Cohen's a piece of shit and, like, yeah. not to defend Michael Cohen, but I do believe that he has done that to some extent. Um, I think that's why he was given three years. They made, yeah. they made some statement. He could have had up to five. And so they made some statement about how they wanted to make sure he paid for his crime. Yeah. But they also wanted to reward him for telling the truth. Yeah. Um, and coming out, like, with all honesty and really playing ball with them. Yeah. So that's why he was sentenced to three years instead of five years. But, I mean, like, he calls his years working for Trump a 
as living in a personal and mental incarceration. He okay. said the irony of today is that he's getting his freedom back. I think that that's I, well, I do that's think that what that's I'm saying. a drama queen. Right. Move. It's just a little much to you me. And he's enjoyed like, the feeling of feeling like you were like a mob boss sort of exactly. situation. You felt like you were untouchable. Yeah. You essentially said as much that yeah. you felt like you were untouchable. Yeah. You said that you, you know, would sell your house for Donald Trump. Yeah. You were blindly loyal. And then he to goes him. Time and time again, I thought it was my duty to clean up his dirty deeds, which I get it, but like it's just, I don't know. I mean, I get it, but I'm also like, yes, that was a choice that you made. Yeah. Nobody made you do that. Exactly. And I have a really, I understand that Donald Trump is very powerful, but he's not particularly charming. No. So. I don't know. I kind of have a hard time believing that he held this kind of, like, it's serial killer-esque sway right? over you. Exactly. You and, know? and Cohen also says it was his own weakness and blind loyalty to this man that led me to choose a path of darkness over light. But you know what? On the same side of that, I guess I can also say we've talked many times, because I said serial killer and I actually meant cult leader. Yeah. We've talked many times, though, about how this... Um, these Trump supporters are... It is, it is like a cult. It is. So he has to have some kind of... <clears throat> something, some kind of magnetism for these people. And maybe, maybe he did have that for Cohen. But at the end of the day, listen, you are a grown man who made these decisions. And you made these decisions that you knew were wrong because you thought you could get away with it. Exactly. And you did for a really long time. Exactly. And as soon as Trump turned his back on you and you realized, oh, he's, he threw you under the bus and you were like, oh, he's not going to come save me. Yeah. That's when so culty. Yeah, all of a sudden, then the spell is broken, and you're like, I can talk shit on Trump now. Yeah. Um, but it is a really good thing that this happened because, of course, with the Mueller investigation and other criminal investigations happening around the Trump campaign uh, and that presidency, where's Trump's investigation? Like, oh, I mean, there. I mean, it's coming. I know. It's just like, and this plays into that. You know, this plays into yeah. that. Like, it, it's part of the Mueller investigation to, right. you know, examine campaign finances. Yeah. So, we, it's a very big deal that he was convicted and sentenced at all. Yeah, And will true. be serving it's any true. jail time. It's very, very bad for Trump. Yeah, it's it is. It's very bad for Trump. It is. As uh, you can tell, Trump is getting very nervous because yeah. he won't stop. I mean, he's never stopped texting, but his texts are becoming... You mean tweets? Or, sorry, tweeting. Oh, is he, he texting got, you? We did all get that one, like, <laughs> text. But, um, yeah, he's been tweeting. Did you see that one tweet where he was like, they can't find the smocking gun because there is no smocking gun. He, <laughs> he, smelled, he spelled smoking wrong. Smocking? Like five times in one text. Boy. In all caps. Boy. Oh, Boy. my God. Anyway. Um, so Cohen was also given a $50,000 fine for lying to Congress in order to pay $1.39 million in restitution for tax violation. Cohen informed the court also that he had helped arrange the payment for former Playboy model Karen McDougal's story and had made the $130,000 hush payment to Stormy Daniels in coordination with at the direction of Trump. Yep, there you go. I mean, it's it's very good that Michael Cohen has kind of come out on the good side of the, um, you know, prosecutors, FBI, yeah. etc., because that means that they do value his testimony as truthful, Yes, which means that Trump is lying, yeah. as we've always it, known, exactly. but it does exactly. strengthen that. Um, exactly. I'm sure he is very nervous right now. Yeah, very. So I do have something that is happy-ish, I mean, as happy as anything that can come out of this situation, 
James Alex Fields Jr., who was the Nazi piece of shit who mowed down people with his car in yes. Charlottesville, yes. has been sentenced, or, or he hasn't been sentenced yet, but okay. the jury who was doing his sentencing, they could give a recommendation for what they think. Yeah. And the jury recommends life in prison plus 419 years. Yes. So... Um, <laughs> Just in case he's a vampire, they didn't. They, they <laughs> deliberated for about four hours, which is nothing in terms yeah. of deliberations. And the jury reached a sentencing recommendation of life in prison, and then seventy years apiece for the five malicious wounding charges, twenty for each of the three malicious wounding charges, and then nine years on one charge of leaving the scene of an accident. They also recommended four hundred and eighty thousand dollars in fines. Wow! So. The judge uh, has accepted their recommendation. <clears throat> yeah. But, so I don't know exactly how this works. The judge right. has accepted their recommendation, but will not formally sentence him until later. Okay. So I don't know if, I don't know why that is. I don't know why he'd be like, yes, gonna do that, but I'll sentence him at another time. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that stuff works. So yeah, I don't know either. I don't know if he's taking other things into consideration right. before the sentencing, but. Uh, fuck this guy. So yeah, for real. So I'm really happy again. Yeah. That I feel like so often we don't see justice. Yes. Done. I as, mean, as we were saying with Sintoya. Yeah. Exactly. So it's nice to feel like there's some justice in this yeah. case. Yeah. And it, and with Michael Cohen a little bit too. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to see. So my friend Joyce sent me this lovely sent us this lovely video did you watch the Barbie video oh no I haven't seen it okay it's you guys it's great so Barbie has a vlog <laughs> it's on YouTube Barbie does her vlog thing but this one is awesome it is titled feeling blue you're not alone and so Barbie starts off her vlog and she's like hey guys I woke up this morning feeling kind of down and she starts to, like, describe ways that help her when she starts feeling this way. She encourages journaling, exercise, and most importantly, she encourages talking about it with somebody. And she also says, positive attitude changes everything. <laughs> she also talks about laughing meditation, which is a form of Buddhist meditation where you put your hands on your stomach and, like, do a big belly laugh mm -hmm. to kind of, like, make yourself feel better. I learned something when I was in treatment called the half smile, where if you like just make your mouth go into the shape of a smile, it's still sending that message to your brain of like happiness, happiness. and it kind of just makes you feel a little bit better. So I thought that was kind of cute. And then, so you're like, okay, so she's like, you're feeling sad. Here's ways to make yourself feel better, whatever. And then she gets kind of choked up and she starts to talk about feeling sad or feeling guilty for feeling sad because she goes, everyone expects me to be happy all the time. Everyone expects me to be cheery and, you know, positive and, you know, exuberate all of these things. And she says that she started to stop expecting herself to fit into a mold of how she thinks she's supposed to be and act. And she says, you can't have spring without winter. And I think winter is beautiful, too. Aww. The marketing team for Barbie is crushing it, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know. They, they had some new, some young blood in there or yeah. something because they're doing an incredible job. I mean, um, I just thought that was cool because... At first, I was like, this is really great, but it's also kind of like, you're sad, here's ways to make yourself feel better, but also talked about just sitting in your sadness, you know, finding ways to get out of it, but that it's okay to not be okay all the time. Yeah. And I just thought yeah. that was really 
cool and woke and wonderful of yeah, Barbie. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I, I was a little hesitant at first because... I think there is this tendency, um, I mean, anybody who suffers from any kind of depression or has ever been vocal about their depression can tell you that there's always going to be people who are like, work out and you'll feel better. Or like, and you can just make yourself feel better and that's not how depression works. Exactly. But I do think it's a really positive message to send to children. Um, I think it's a good message for self-care in general. Because I think she also kind of goes into the difference between having a down day, having a sad day, and also that feeling of, like, of depression without really coming out and saying it and just being, like, sometimes you can't control the way that you feel. Right. You know, still talk to people, still do those things to try to make yourself feel better, which I thought the fact that she mentioned so emphatically to talk to somebody about it, right. I think, is so important. Well, I mean, and, and also just acknowledging that it's also really okay if you are depressed. It can be really easy to be, like, you feel like a burden to other yeah. people or you feel... Uh, shame, you know, about being depressed. And so it is a really positive message to send that. It's okay. If if you don't feel good, it's okay to just sit at home and be sad. Yeah, and she (laughs) says to, like, just know that somebody out, like, you know, everyone out there has felt some bit of what you're feeling right now, and you're not alone. I just thought it was such a cool thing, and um, thank you, Joyce, for sending that to me, because I thought that was so awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. We should do an entire episode on Barbie, because... Totally. I think that the direction that they're taking Barbie now is really cool. Yeah. And because she's such a cultural icon and little girls are not going to stop playing with her, I'm very glad that they've decided to take it in this more, like, woke direction. Yeah. Um, but I also think that there's arguments to be made about whether or not Barbie is feminist. <laughs> of course. You know, because for so long she did such... She as a you know, <laughs> yeah. Barbie as the I- the culture icon that yeah. we know her as the pop culture icon did so much did damage. damage yeah but at the same time she a, a lot of people will argue that that was the first time that they ever saw a female figure mm-hmm. as a doctor or as an astronaut or right. as you know so. I think it's I think it's both yeah it's both. she's a problematic fave it's what awesome. can I say yeah I think I think it's it's a good episode topic for the future yeah so I want to share one kind of two quick messages from a new listener. Her Instagram handle is Captain Layla, and so we posted this picture of, like, who's your feminist birthstone, and, like, all the different pictures Uh of different women for whatever month that you were born. And she comments, she goes, Yes, my birthstone is Malala Yousafzai. Fun fact, my auntie was working as a chaplain at a hospital in Birmingham where Malala went and helped her during her stay. She is such an inspiration, especially to British Pakistani Muslim like myself. So I commented back and I was like, that's amazing that your aunt like worked with her. And she's like, yeah, she's met a lot of like kind of famous people. And I was like, I want to hear everything. <laughs> tell so me all tell <laughs> me everything. So she sends us a message and she said, well, first of all, she says, I was just listening to your podcast, and it's really interesting. Thanks, girl. Um, <laughs> anyway, another person my aunt met was Malcolm X. It was 1964, and he was touring, so he came to Sheffield in England, where my grandparents lived. The family they shared the house with went to university, where Malcolm gave a talk and invited him back home with him. My aunt was about five years old at the time, and Malcolm called her over, and she sat on his lap. Oh, my gosh. Then she slipped away because she got shy. I would be. I would love for you to share this on the podcast. If you'd like, I'll definitely be listening to more of them. Yay! So I was that like, that's so amazing. Cool. Like, she also met the Queen of England. when what? she was. How? She goes, also, she was met by the Queen of England when she was the new Queen Elizabeth. Oh, when the new Queen Elizabeth Hospital opened as she worked as a chaplain there. 
God, that's crazy. What right? a life. I want her aunt to write a memoir. I know. So I was like, tell me all the stories, please. <laughs> so thank you so much for sending that in. Uh, we, for real, want to hear everything. Yeah, so. absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we just haven't really shared any, like, listener mail or anything in a while. So I really, I wanted to. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you Share did. that and make a point that we want you guys to keep sending us your stuff. And we want to hear all of your stories and wonderful things that we can share here. We really don't have any restrictions on what we could share. No. Yeah. I mean, we'll take all of it. Yeah. We've gotten some other interesting, some interesting mail. I Maybe we can do like a mini episode that's just like mail, because sometimes we get like mail longer. Time. Yeah. Loose clues. Sometimes we get like longer yeah. messages, but I think they're, they're important to share. Like I know we got um, a couple around like ableism and verbiage and stuff like yeah, that. So definitely. Um, we'll definitely try and make that's time. That's a good idea. Maybe we'll do that like closer to the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, and then, um, also, we are going to start doing, on Fridays, Feminist Pet Fridays on Instagram. So, send us pictures of your pets. Give us their names. I know for me, like, I posted a picture of Dorothy, and it's like, people tell me I'm pretty all the time, but I also, you know... What did I say? Well, I mean, the thing with Dorothy, she never pees in the house. She never goes potty <laughs> yeah. in the house. So it's like, I may be pretty, but I also don't pee in the house. And yeah, then, I'm also smart. And- yeah, um, yeah. And then with Keegan's cat, Matilda, which we're going to be posting the same day as we post this episode, she, don't pet her without your consent. You know, it's things that, yeah, that yeah, are yeah. applicable to the animal. So if you want to tell us a little bit about your pet, that's cool too. We'll make a cool little picture out of it and post it for Feminist Pet Friday. I think that could be kind of a fun new yeah, thing for all of us Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um, so also, we've been getting some more Ask Me Anything questions on yeah. Instagram, particularly. So if you would like to send us a question, it can be anything. Please we've do. gotten questions around podcasting. We've gotten feminism questions. We've gotten what's your favorite color type questions. We've gotten questions like about our friendship. Yeah, which is all all acceptable and yeah. awesome and we love it. I've actually loved seeing the questions come in and I kind know, of I've, like thinking I have about a whole, answers. I have a whole notes on my phone yeah. like with all the questions and like my rough answers yeah, and things I like love that. It. I'm so excited to do that episode. Yeah, so we're going to do that at the end of January. Yes, so, need, you need to have your questions in by January 14th. Yes, so definitely you can email those to us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com along with anything else if you have Sister Doll Solidarity stories or coming out stories or whatever, you can email us there or you can follow us on instagram our instagram is really fun we post every single day yep so you can follow us there at angry neighborhood feminist you can follow us on twitter and i'm very ashamed if I'm, you dare I'm not on more but um you can follow us on twitter at yamf podcast y-a-n-f podcast and you can also get us on facebook we have the facebook group and our business page. We got some reviews on Facebook. Oh yeah, I didn't. Yes, I we've didn't got like see. we've got like three or four reviews oh, on we, Facebook. I knew we had a couple, but I don't. Know I if we never. Have any I've ones. never. I never. I don't go on it very often. But I was like going through it today, and like when I do go on it, I never notice the reviews. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. We've got like some really great ones that we could use for reviews day. If you oh, haven't already. amazing! Yeah, no, I so, haven't. That's yeah, great. we've gotten some really good ones. And um, with that, please keep. Um, reviewing and subscribing on iTunes that yes. really helps us a and lot. I just posted one that was from a listener from England. So we have a couple uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> of those today. But I posted one for Reviews Day Tuesday that was a listener from England. So I just want to say if you are from outside of the US and you leave us a review, if you're like they're not posting my Reviews Day Tuesday, it's because we do not see on our Apple Podcasts 
reviews that are not from the U.S. Like, it just what? doesn't come... It, no, it just doesn't. Like, that's how Apple Podcasts work. That's dumb. But I subscribe to a service that will <gasps> email me once a month all of the reviews we got that month. So if you're like, why hasn't mine shown up? It's yeah. it's probably because we only get those once a month. Yeah. So I haven't seen it yet. Got it. <laughs> Essentially. Okay, cool. Um, so definitely keep reviewing. Even yeah. if you're from outside of the U.S., we love to see your reviews. Thank you. We love it so much. Um, love a good ego bo- boost first thing in the morning. I know. Need it <laughs> with my cup of coffee. So you guys, thank you so much for another mini episode. Thanks for listening. And with that, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.